0: I'm your host, Nicole Matheson. This series is for those moments when you feel lost, broken, and all out of hope. The stories are here to inspire you to rebuild from a foundation of deep inner connection, rising up stronger, clearer, and more truly you than ever before the message of this podcast is that you are going to be okay. There is a part of you that is unbreakable and this could be the start of something even better. In this week's episode of Unbreakable, I interview my podcast coach and good friend, Alana Helbig. When I first met Alana, she had just ended a five-year relationship that she was numbing the pain of with drugs and alcohol. But it wasn't until she found out that her ex had fallen in love just a few short months later that she cracked. Broken, lost, and so unsure of who she was in the world, she turned up at my clinic door. Alana shares with us how she made the journey from dark and broken to soul-guided, how her soul offers her hope and where she finds that hope, how it is not always easy and how the human part of her puts up a fierce fight, plus her soul connection secrets. If you are lost, broken or stuck in the darkness, this one is for you.
1: The bathroom floor moment that got me into your clinic was, hmm, where do I start with this? So <clears throat> I had been on a path that I had thought was my own and that I thought I had, hmm, I was going to say I had thought I had consciously chosen, but I'm not sure I was even conscious at that moment, so I don't know if I could even perceive that I had consciously chosen that path, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I was on a path and I was probably asleep, and that path incorporated, um, you know, it's the common story, so incorporated a high-paying job um, in a, in a high-stress, corporate, very masculine focused environment Um, a path that included a relationship with a man that was I had been in for five years that was lacking huge intimacy in a whole range of areas and I don't mean just sexually but a whole range of of areas Um, and a path that incorporated lots of Drug taking and lots of drinking on the weekends to escape, um, and a path which, in which I didn't realize at the time, but consisted of complete detachment from myself, really. I was in no way connected to myself. And I guess I ended up on this path because I have a tendency within myself to be people pleaser and I also have a tendency within myself to feel the collective pressure of things and then I guess marry that with the people pleasing aspect of myself resulted in me being on a path which um, I know there's no mistakes but was not actually for my highest benefit and my highest potential so my bathroom floor moment actually was a progress progressive um and i actually was literally on the bathroom floor <laughs> oh, really? it was a lead up <laughs> yeah yeah Th- there was a lead up to it you know so what happened is i slowly started to wake up i didn't have one of these overnight transformations that um a lot of women speak of my my journey of awakening has been very slow and I've had to come to terms with the fact that my cycles are very slow they're not fast like other people's this is just who I am so my awakening was very slow um I started asking questions about who I was and why I was here and then naturally through that um I started to look at my relationships, um, but I, I, I guess I wasn't even consciously, specifically the relationship with my partner, because that's what led to the bathroom floor moment and me coming into your clinic. But I wasn't really, again, it wasn't. I wasn't consciously looking at the relationship too hard, but, I, and I guess because of that, my what I refer to you as my soul. Mm-hmm. made it, it became very painful for me to stay in that place. So even though I wasn't consciously looking at the relationship and seeing all of the things that, that were wrong, it just, I, I started to gradually fall into a period of depression. So looking back now, well, I haven't looked back on this for ages, so it's really interesting to to think about it. But looking back, there were mornings when I would wake up And my heart was so heavy that I was, I would literally just start crying for no reason. Mm. Um, And I was, Mm. at the time I was studying, I'd gone back to uni and I was studying and I was huge, doing huge hours at work and huge hours in studying. And I remember feeling very, very unsupported from my partner And very, very disconnected from him, from my life, and it just got so painful that one day I just I woke up and I thought I just can't do this anymore. And what appeared for him out of nowhere, um, we broke up. But that wasn't my bathroom floor moment. (laughs) Because what happened was I went into um a state of distraction after that so instead of dealing with Mm -hmm. the pain and the the separation around that um I just was drinking and taking drugs and um partying and really doing anything that I could to distract myself Mm -hmm. my bathroom moment came when um just four and a half months after we broke up in our five and a half relationship, I found out that he was in love with another woman. And even though I knew that we had broken up and it was the right thing, deep down I knew that, um, it just it shattered me. It just completely shattered me. And it was like all of the feelings that I hadn't allowed myself to feel at the moment when we broke up in that five-month period because I was distracting myself Mm. all just came to the surface.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what that looked like was, (laughs) oh, the visions I'm getting now, what that looked like was me sitting at my desk in my room, trying to work, but basically just crying nonstop for hours with a box of tissues next to me and not being able to sleep, not being able to eat. Um, Yeah, yeah, basically wanting anything, needing something to, to escape the pain but there was nothing you know like drugs and alcohol at that point then were just making it worse 100 times worse there was no escaping yeah
0: Ew.
1: yeah yeah i feel like saying
0: put your hands up if you know how that feels <laughs> like, you know, and that is a, I I um i resonate not with the details but with that feeling mm. oh mm. thank you so much for sharing that with us it yeah it's not a nice place to be not a nice place to be yeah. what i you've kind of described how you felt at the time you felt like you'd wake up crying unsupported disconnected mm. like you starting to have the question like Who am I? Is there anything more than this? Um, And you're kind of wanting and needing something. Mm. Um, What did you know? Was there anything certain that you knew that you could cling to or uh, trust in that time? Like did you know... Things were going to get better. Mm.
1: Did you know any of that stuff or? Mm. Um, To to be completely honest, no, I didn't. I felt like I I actually, if I'm completely honest, literally wanted to die. I really Mm. wanted to die. I was in so much pain. Mm. Um, And yeah I was just in I was just in agony. Um, and that's when so at that moment, all I could think of or think about was how can I stop this from hurting so much that was at the forefront of my mind. It was like, I guess you know, I just keep thinking of if you have a physical wound a really bad yeah. physical wound you're not thinking about how you're going to heal in the long term or at that moment when it first occurs it is so painful all you can think about is how can i stop this pain right oh, now yeah. yeah i need something right now for this so, which is why the drug and an alcohol is such a reliable source really isn't it yeah. it's like it's immediate yeah but then the fallout of it afterwards is is a hundred times worse. And I think that was the realization that I came to is like, drugs and alcohol. While it would perhaps numb it for a little while, then the feelings when you try to squash these kinds of feelings down, they don't. They only stay squashed down for a, a limited amount of time, and then what happens is they just come back in full force in raging force and that's what was happening for me so at that moment in time all I was asking was how can I stop this pain and that was when I found you and came to your clinic yeah and
0: but see that that decision there is I mean it's kind of enlightened (laughs) (laughs) obviously coming to see me but you know what I mean like you're not choosing the distraction you're not choosing the easy way out you're not choosing to stay in blame and out of responsibility like a choice to come and see anybody whether it's me or anybody
1: is actually a choice to uh, to grow I suppose? Yeah, look, now when I choose to come and see you, or, uh, you know, after we had worked through together that helping me deal with some of that pain, the choice then was to grow. But at that moment in time, like, yeah, then I became addicted to personal growth. And there's a whole story around that. But at that moment in time, the choice wasn't enlightened, the choice wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't any forethought into the future or anything like that it was simply just that what I had been doing was not working and fortunately for me as a child I m- my mum had introduced me to natural therapies and alternative therapies from a really long, young age and I had actually booked in to talk to a psychologist. I think and I told my mum and she said you should see a kinesiologist and so there was a there was actually a like a synchronistic series of events which led me to finding you so Mm. I cancelled that and I had remembered having kinesiology with my naturopath when I was really little and it helped me with a lot of emotional issues at that time so Emotional and physical issues, and interestingly, when my mum said you should see a kinesiologist, we hung up the phone, and I googled kinesiology Brisbane, and she googled kinesiology Brisbane, and I looked at several different women, and your face was the one that um, came up as as um, really jumping out at me. And mum sent me a link to your website as well, and said, oh. "I think you should see this." <laughs> it's meant to <laughs> be alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I guess you know if you're in uh, it, it, in in those instances where you're at your bathroom for a moment if I looked back then yeah one of the things that I did do was I followed the signs. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so there are always and that was just oh. desperate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sometimes following those signs can be an act of desperation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what else did you have in those darkest moments mm. that gave you something, hope,
1: something? Mm. I use lots of different things. So, journaling. You know, I don't journal a lot now. I find I go through cycles of journaling. But back then I was filling pages and pages and pages of just trying to clear out some of the noise that was floating around in there. Um, How did that help help? Well, what happens when you journal, I find is that you go through levels or s- levels of the story or layers of the story, so it helps you to go down or in in your terminology, Nicole, move from the head to the heart so or from the ego to the soul in my terminology but it for me helped me to when when you in those times when you know your heart is broken open um, or you're extremely emotional it's really easy to stay in the story of Mm -hmm. why you've been hurt or what that person did to you or what you did to yourself or how your life could be better or you should have done whatever and it can feel as though actually those stories are There's probably, you know, just a few small stories, but your mind makes them, will blow them out and will run them in a whole different, tell them in a whole different way. So it feels very confusing. It feels very noisy. Um, It feels as though there's no way out. So journaling for me was a way of getting those stories down onto a paper and to see and just to work through them and to see that they actually weren't that bad or those stories weren't that bad. But um, once they're down on paper, then it leaves a bit of a space. And for me, that I I feel was very important because that's also what happened for me in the kinesiology sessions with you is it created a space. There was a space which I didn't have before, which I got through kinesiology and then in between those kinesiology sessions through journaling, which was a space of peace. And it was a teeny tiny space, but it was a space I could find and I could go back to if I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. So journaling. um, Yeah. Yeah, because at that time meditation wouldn't really work for me yeah i'm just naturally that. a noisy person in my head and i yeah meditation just wouldn't work
0: well i just think that in those moments on the bathroom floor meditation is t- is it a- too hard yeah. it's the too hard basket It's there's too much uh pain yeah to be still um yeah I often give my clients three choices. One is to journal.
1: Mm.
0: Like if you want to have a negative, noisy mind, these are your three choices. You don't just let let it go for its life mm. because it's not helpful. Um, one is to journal. Two is to get down on your knees and pray.
1: Mm.
0: Pray to whatever. And three is to contact help. mm your three options for getting stuck
1: in your story. Yeah. I've used all three of those on many yeah. occasions. And prayer, oh, yeah, I've used prayer quite a lot. Yeah. 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 Do you find prayer helps too? Yeah, absolutely, I do. Prayer, light a candle or even just like throw myself on the ground in tears, mm-hmm. kind of like that. Eat, pray, love moment that she mm. talks about when she is on the bathroom floor, mm. you know, um, and asks God what to do. Yeah, I've done though. I've had those moments as well. I haven't heard God's voice like she did, <laughs> <laughs> but I always do get an answer. But again, yeah. you know, as I said before, my cycles are a lot slower. I don't seem to have those big, big moments like that. It's very slow for me. I think I'm the same.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slow cycles. We'll get there in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's the tortoise and the hare, Alana. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, I want to just circle back to how you got where you were. Like you were in a bit of a shitty place. You are kind of like the relationship's not working, the relationship with self is not working, Mm. the job's not working, pretty much everything has to go. (laughs) You know, it's not me. Um, You're saying that I had thought the path was my own. I'm just wondering whose path was it? Who were you pleasing? Hmm. It's a good
1: question. I I feel like I was just doing what I thought was, it was what I was supposed to do. So there wasn't a particular person or one particular person. It was more just that this is this is what a person is supposed to do at this age, this is where they're supposed to be. So it was more like fitting in to
0: the cultural, social norms.
1: Yes. That had you there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what it actually did is it, and we've spoken about this before, is that it fractured me or shattered me. So what happened was gradually over time without me realising I lost pieces of myself. Mm either through, you know, um, pushing them down myself or through giving pieces of myself away to please or, yeah, to have people love me, to have people like me. So when I got to that bathroom floor moment or that moment where so much of the things in my life that I was relying on for my sense of self, for my sense of worth, for my identity, when they started to crumble away or when they started to no longer feel right,
0: mm.
1: I was, felt like I was left with an empty shell because the parts of me that are actually the parts that are myself and who I really am were so far pushed down or I had forgotten those parts Mm. or they were shattered in a million different pieces. And so at the time I didn't realise but what we did when we worked together over those two years, and it was only probably last year I realised this, was that this... This was a process of me remembering those parts of myself that I had forgotten, and this was a process of me um, putting myself back together. Beautiful. I love that. It's very visual. I can really see that. Mm-hmm. See that process. That's yeah. awesome. I see it like too when I when I see it because. You know we've we've spoken about this often, but I often talk about alignment, like alignment to self, alignment to soul, and I do see it like a column going through the center of of yourself, mm. and mm. that's like your your soul, the part of you that never changes, that that light within you, um, the part that knows the path, what's best for you, all of those kinds of things, and when I see myself back there um i was so far off of that column of alignment you know Mm. the dot points or the points were shattered Mm. way outside of that that alignment so the process was of either letting parts of that go which Mm. those pieces weren't right or bringing those pieces back into the column of alignment so then i could be from the whole from that place again beautiful Mm. very powerful Okay,
0: so um, it makes me think there were some boundaries that you needed to maybe put in place or be more protective of um, as far as giving and shattering and scattering out. It's kind of so, – so just maybe tell us about as you were – stepping back into that alignment, what did you, what have you realized about taking responsibility for that alignment um, and boundaries? Hmm. That's a big question. Sorry. (laughs) Just hit you with that one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can you ask me again? So as you are on,
0: back on the healing path to bring those scattered, shattered pieces back and get back into that alignment, Mm. that central alignment. What responsibility did you have to take? What boundaries did you have to defend or um, create? Mm.
1: What responsibility did I have to take? I'm just going back to that time. Well, maybe it's
0: easier if we think about blame. Mm. Because taking responsibility is the opposite, I suppose. Mm. So prior, it Mm -hmm. was easy to go,
1: you, (laughs) look
0: what you've done. (laughs) Look what the culture has done.
1: Yeah, I... I feel as though I've always had a sense and I and I I think that this is probably just because, again, like I said before, from a young age, I was kind of introduced to alternative therapies and these kinds of things. So I've always had a sense that of this idea that we co-create our life or that we, we create our lives through our beliefs. Mm-hmm. So I guess when I was at that bathroom floor moment, um, there was a a knowing underneath that this was an opportunity for me to to rebuild with a different paradigm, I guess, or rebuild with a different belief system. Mm. Um, So the responsibility then was around choosing consciously um and i think also now just 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 talking about that it's like at that moment or as i worked with you i started to wake up and when you start to wake up there's no really going back to sleep no so then you have to start taking responsibility for the things that you do because and I still do it now you know I make choices because sometimes we're instructed to do things by our soul which are fucking scary or they really are in that moment going to hurt a lot and we we might not take that action straight away and I I think that I know now from that process of going that I've been through over the past couple of years, is that I'm responsible for that. That's what I'm responsible for. If my intuition, if my soul is telling me this is not right for you, it is my responsibility to listen to that, or it is my choice to listen to that or to not listen to that. And then I also know that the fallout is also my responsibility or the change is my responsibility. So mm-hmm. I think it I, I feel like it just kinda of comes back when when I started to wake up, then I naturally started to become more in tune with what it was that my soul really wanted. And so I had to take responsibility for the human part of myself that wanted to fight against that or wanted to argue that that was not the done thing or yeah. was, not, um, was going to cause pain or was going to feel scary or, yeah. So it was taking responsibility for all of the parts of myself mm-hmm. and then what happens from that moving from that space yeah
0: and and I suppose if we look at it from that perspective because I think you described that really beautiful and I feel exactly the same way Mm. it's like (laughs) that is my responsibility Mm. to feel it and to follow it Mm. yes and it's also my choice and there are times when I go fuck that yeah no thanks and I pay the consequences and usually end up following it <laughs> in the long run. I just have a yeah. lot harder journey before i get yeah and i think that's 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 what happens now is that i get the intuitive hit and the lag time is a lot less i go okay we just go there we just do we just follow yeah. um but would you say that you get in those bathroom floor pickles by just ignoring Your intuitive hits by just ignoring all the
1: signs going "Nah, nah 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 yeah absolutely well I think there's two ways you get to the bathroom floor moment because I have had the bathroom floor moment that we've just spoken about and I was too unconscious to even notice the signs I really was I just there was no there was no conscious comprehension of what was actually going on maybe maybe like deep 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 down but yeah at that time i was just i was just sailing along on the surface of things but now uh yeah it those bathroom floor moments come when i ignore my feelings i ignore the intuitive guidance yeah, yeah yeah absolutely. and
0: sometimes they come when you are following the intuitive guidance, but you are following it with your head rather than your heart, so you're doing <laughs> <laughs> you're following the guidance with the old discipline stoic uh agenda timeline, yes. you know, so things can go a little pear shaped that way too yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. And that's just I I feel like that's a constant, it's a, a devotion to continually checking back in with yourself, like where am I today, okay? Yes. From here I now move in this way. And I was saying this to my friend the other day as well. It's like what felt right yesterday and what I was supposed to do yesterday might feel terribly wrong today you know oh, and the thing I that felt you. terribly wrong yesterday might feel absolutely right today so yeah it's that constant checking in with yourself yeah not just daily multiple times daily yeah, <laughs> like
0: yeah. Constant. constant it does not stop yeah yeah yep and so I want to ask you about the part of you that is unbreakable, mm. just um, what is that part of you,
1: and how would you describe it? Well, that part for me that is unbreakable is my soul, yeah, um and speaking from mm, the very human part of me. <laughs> I, w- I want to joke, and but it's also, it is also very truthful is sometimes my soul really shits me off, <laughs> the human part of me. Like sometimes I just feel like the human part of me just feels like, oh, God, this, now this, like really, you know. Um, but it's the part that. Oh, how do you even put words around that part? Because it's something that I feel. It's not some logical, rational anything. It's just, and I know soul is such a, you know, it's becoming such a fashionable word these days, but soul has so much meaning for me because it was the thing, the one thing that woke me up. It was the one thing that guided me to, where I am now, it's, yeah, the one thing that led me to those bathroom floor moments and then picked me up and took me on another path. Um, It's the one thing that uh, it's always there and, yeah, it never never goes away. (laughs) That's the human part of myself saying sometimes that's really annoying because the human part of myself wants to move into her small, smallness or just carry on the path that's most comfortable and that's most safe and the soul part of me she is not she is not safe she's not sensible she's actually very very wild and a little bit crazy um <laughs> <laughs> and so for me that's that's what that's the part that's unbreakable is my soul and yeah there's the two angles of it, the part that just gets really frustrated with it with the whole soul journey, the slowness of it the 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 hugeness of it, all of those things. and then there's the other part of me that is so bloody grateful that it's there because it's the light. It's the only thing that keeps me going and keeps helps me to have faith in all of those times when I've been in such dark, dark places. And as a dancer of the dark, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time there. Yeah,
0: and and your soul finds you there.
1: She's my beacon of light.
0: Yeah. Um, So so, can you tell us where you find? your soul?
1: I find my soul in the space in space so what I mean by that is um, we we're talking about this before we started this interview but I'm not feeling so great at the moment um, I've been working a lot and I've just had life happen really with a lot of things going on and I haven't had the space which I really really need and so that feels for me like my I'm really tired. My body is extremely heavy. Um, I'm really irritable, and I'm not the nicest person <laughs> to be around. <laughs> Just ask my mum; <laughs> she's been here for a few days. Luckily, she's patient with me. But um, yeah, I find my soul in the space, and maybe I'm. I need I I when I I know we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people, but when I look at myself. Compared to to some other people, I need a lot of space, a lot, a lot of space and time to connect in with myself. Um, and I was talking to a friend the other day about this, and she said to me, she's always felt connected to her soul and has always had that that connection for as long as she can remember. That hasn't been the case for me. I have, Normie. yeah, I have to actively work at connecting with my soul i have to actively make time to connect in and the more that i connect in the more painful it becomes when i don't connect in if that makes yeah, sense but, sure yeah is. and that and the more that i connect in the more cuz i don't it's not all negative of course the more that i connect in the more held and safe I feel and the more magical my life becomes. Huh. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So um Did that answer your question?
0: Well, I'm I'm actually gonna bring you back to maybe some really practical examples of where you find that space.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What activities or what what obviously the space is uh a form of non-doing
1: yeah but what do you do <laughs> to
0: create doing? yeah if
1: yeah awesome. well I'll just i just preface this by saying that I can tell you the things that I do but what I've found is that when I've tried to do the things that other people say they do to connect in with their soul it doesn't work so I've had to find through trial and error and practice and consciousness and awareness and curiosity to find the things that help me to connect in and like I was saying before a couple of years ago journaling was really powerful for me for that and right now I don't really journal at all but that'll change again and I'll come around and I'll start journaling again so I don't Mm. beat myself up that I'm not doing it right now it's just not what I'm supposed to be doing so I guess the first thing is is like um to connecting with my soul I've brought curiosity to that and then what the real practical things for me that work is taking time in the morning before I turn my phone on before I turn my laptop laptop on taking time and space for myself and that normally includes a walk somewhere in nature um, I used to meditate first thing, but it didn't have the same effect. You know, I tried, I really tried. I thought meditation, that's my thing, got to do it every morning. But it's just not, that doesn't work for me. Um, I guess the walking for me is an active form of meditation, if you will.
0: Yes, I'm the same. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a walker. Yeah, I love it.
1: And it doesn't have to be long, just, you know, 10 or 20 minutes. And preferably before I speak to anyone else. Like seriously, don't (laughs) fucking speak to me before I've got on
0: my wall. (laughs) Those poor passers by, as they like, they're
1: like hello, and you're like, yeah, 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 no, truth, truthfully, yeah. So that to that space, you know, is so important for me in the mornings. Um, Yeah, nature, especially the forest or swimming in the ocean, they're like, they're two big, big things for me. To I think think um, I know that for me to connect in with my soul requires me to be in my body, and so things like walking, being in na- in Mother Nature, like I hardly if I can get away with not wearing shoes at all, I won't. I love being bare feet, so I don't. I haven't luckily haven't ever had up but thank you for the little health warning. you're welcome um yeah yeah that's a disclaimer there just you know take care of your feet but I don't ever wear shoes um yeah so anything that will get gets me into my body dancing like obviously we've been hula hooping all of that kind of stuff because then when I'm in my body it's the same as I guess what happened with journaling all those times ago it takes me out of the headspace and out of the story and out of the ego and that creates that little pocket of peace and in that little pocket of peace is where my soul resides yeah
0: beautiful thank you um it just kind of has me thinking you know if I could sum up your journey in a nutshell, which (laughs) is absolutely impossible. (laughs) (laughs) But what seems to be complete for you really is, you know, the way that you're approaching your spiritual connection, your alignment, your soul uh, relationship now Mm. is really kind of, fiercely personal and internal mm. and your life got into a bathroom floor state when it was an externally guided thing mm. so it's just it's kind of gone from finding guidance in the culture and in the social norms and in what's right and trying to be the best person and fit in it's all very ego mm. an ex outside of yourself mm. which just means uh, really, not having a relationship internally mm. when you're living like that, mm. and you've just come really fiercely uh, there for yourself mm. Mm. it's beautiful, thank you and i and I think that it's such an important little preface that you that you made there, you know because yes there's so much advice out there on how to have a spiritual relationship with yourself Um, and with your soul
1: yeah and only you only you can answer that for yourself and sometimes you do need to go externally first like I couldn't go internal straight away it was that was that was the, the 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 gap between where I was and where I was being directed to go was just too huge to do on my own and so I needed to go externally and I needed to like get help from you and to listen to what other women were doing and to try those things and see what worked for me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so it was just like a process of learning. But the other thing I want to say as well, Nicole, uh, I don't know why I want to say this now but this is coming up now, um, is that when I, well when i was out when i was out walking <laughs> the other day and i was looking i was in a forest and i was looking at the the light in the in the top of the trees and and then i was looking at the base of the of the forest which was really really you know dark and damp and shadowy and that's where i saw all of the nutrients and the substance and the strength comes from for those trees to grow and i think it's really easy for us to think that we always have to be this light and bright and joyful and happy person and that when we're not there's something wrong with us but for me just like in the forest it's those times when i have gone inwards, when I have gone into the dark, when I've gone into those depths of myself which felt so shadowy, so scary, when I've that's when I've come out at my most strongest, um, my most supported, with a much deeper understanding of myself and um, much more love for myself as well so yeah I feel like the bathroom floor moments all of my bathroom floor moments when I look at them (laughs) when I look at them I I, I'm grateful for them because they did provide me with a huge shift and a huge growth spurt um, that I wouldn't have had before and sometimes I even find myself when I go through a period of a long period of joy and peace and calm towards the end, I'm kind of like, okay, I'm ready now. I'm ready now for a, I'm ready now for another dive. I'm ready. I'm ready now for, a, because those are the things that sprout, you know, new growth and new and perspective shift. So I don't know why I'm saying this. I just felt called to say it. I just I just feel I love that. Yeah. I just feel if you're in a dark place, like to remember that it's actually yeah, it's actually all good. Like it really is all good. Yeah. Does it feels shit. But that's just the humanness of you feeling the shit of it. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And that is the point of Unbreakable the podcast series, really. It's like These moments, they might not feel good, Mm. but they are potent Mm.
1: and powerful and full of nourishment. Yeah. And the other thing, absolutely, and the other thing that's really helped me to, I feel, is to look at my self from the perspective of my soul and what she is here to experience. And she is here to experience all of life. And all of life incorporates the pain and the joy, you know, the dark and the light. And when she's experiencing that, she's loving it because that's why she's here in this body on this earth. And so finding that, that little pocket where my soul exists, she'll tell me everything is okay. But there's also that, that, Knowing that we've labelled something as pain, and therefore, you know, I kind of need to push, pull, push myself back from that. But there's there's actually pleasure sometimes in the pain if you uh-huh. can lean into it. Totally, I
0: absolutely love what you've say- you're saying there, and I totally agree. And I, it totally fits in with my head heart shift because I believe that it's really only in our head. Mm there is the resistance and the problem of this. Mm. Like we're exactly where we're, we're meant to be, yeah. <laughs> even though it feels like shit. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank
0: you. You've kind of just answered all the questions. I was <laughs> Sorry. No. I'm just like okay. blah, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> but I would like to ask um, as far as, your alignment more than you know success on fitting in and cultural norms Mm. where are you now Mm.
1: (laughs) today not very aligned (laughs) (laughs) but also feeling quite aligned in the sense that um like this conversation is quite big for me in itself because I've turned up to this without any preparation. So I've completely free flowed in this conversation. For the first time ever in an interview, I've done that. So I feel like, and and that to get here, that's like a big thing for me. And to get here has been a process of learning to trust my soul and that the right stuff will come through at that time. So... I feel not very aligned today because I haven't been creating space, but I also feel like in the largest scheme of things um, I'm able to in moments still drop in when I need to, which I have done right now. Um, So in in a broader scale in my life. Um mm, I'm I've made a lot of changes this year. Big, big changes, lots of shifts and things happening to pull myself back into alignment. Um and and I just yeah, I, I just I feel like that's an ongoing process. And so I can say to you today I feel like um, generally overall quite aligned that I'm, I'm walking the path I'm, I'm supposed to be on, but then <laughs> tomorrow because the way that my soul operates, tomorrow that might be something different and that's what we were saying before, what felt good yesterday or today might not necessarily feel good tomorrow. So where I am now is really just I don't actually fucking know where I am. But <laughs> like, as in I've I'm I'm I feel I like I'm free falling at the moment. That's where I am. And I feel as though everything that I've gone through over the past five or six years from that first bathroom floor moment that I had was teaching me the lessons in order to free fall right now with grace. Um, And some days I do that really well and other days I revert back into the old control freak, cling on to the side of the rabbit hole as hard as I can um, kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm, um, yeah, just more. I'm free-falling and I'm more gentle with myself in the cycles of where I'm at and how my human self is handling that soul free-fall. Yeah, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, beautiful. So you're free-falling with moments
1: of grace. With moments of grace, yeah. I'd like (laughs) more moments of grace. (laughs) (laughs) But again, you know, it's in those moments where we hold on also yeah. where we learn the most about ourselves if the free fall was easy for me then there wouldn't be any point in the free fall yeah yeah <laughs> you wouldn't even be called to do it yeah yeah
0: <sighs> well you are creating some really amazing things for the world right now like you are launching ignite mm. um <laughs> you are the host of two different podcast series. <laughs> you know, there's quite a lot of grace actually going on. Thanks, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, just before I ask you to let people know where they can find you, I've got one final question for you. If people are on that bathroom floor, And they can really relate to your story right now. What would you say to them? What words of advice or uh, guidance or whatever can you offer them Mm -hmm. right now?
1: I would say it's going to be okay because it really is going to be okay. It's always okay. And and I would say just follow the signs, you know, just follow the signs, just ask for help and then follow the signs. And that's not from a thinking place, that's from a feeling place. Not from a, I'm going to do all of these things to get myself out of this, you know. It's from a, I really, I need help and I'm open now. Show me the signs and then just follow those and just make that, that your mantra. Follow the signs. I follow the signs and you'll be fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. You'll be more than fine actually you'll you'll come out um, more aligned, more connected, more powerful, more in tune, more sure of exactly who you are, and how can that be a bad thing that is only all good?
0: Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) I really feel like crying. That was so good. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Awesome. All right. So Alana Helbig, where can people find you? (laughs) You can find me at alanahelbig.com and you can find me hosting Untangled, which is my podcast series on soul awakenings. And you can find me at, podcast with heart as well which is my podcast for women who want to create podcasts that are all heart. you can find the show notes for this episode
0: at nicole forward slash unbreakable while you are there download my free gift sweet soul whispers the words you need to hear when you are lost and broken If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to pop over to iTunes and leave a review and rating. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care.